Good morning. It is Saturday, January the 27th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm John David Walt, and this is your wake-up call. This is a Saturday, and you know what that means. It means we have a Holy Spirit story. And boy, we have, we've got a great one today. I told you that I was going to give one another one of my stories, but I've had another one intervene on it. So I'll give mine next week, and they will be connected in an interesting way. Well, our story is entitled, What a Great Awakening Community Looks Like. Our text, always on Saturday, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. I know I said I would share another Holy Spirit story from me today. It's going to come next week. For some reason, I looked back through the queue of stories sent to us, and this one caught my eye for today. It was sent back in November while we were in the midst of our Acts 1-14 to series. It came from Gary Lederbach. I met Gary and Nancy when I served as dean of chapel at Asbury Seminary, and they were students. This family. Oh, my goodness. You have to meet them. They are sowing a great awakening community called One Direction Community in the Madison, Huntsville, Alabama area. In today's email, you'll see I linked a story about how Gary offices in the local Waffle House. It was picked up by a news service some time back. These guys are some of the most real deal witnesses of Jesus I have ever met. And if you have an extra few minutes, I put a link in there I'd love for you to click on and see what I'm talking about. It just You can go right into the, the stories of their community. Gary writes almost, he writes weekly, multiple times a week. So here's Gary in his own words, if you're reading, and if you're listening, you'll hear it in his own voice. And see if you can spot the subtle prayer and fasting backstory, too. My name is Gary Lederbach, and I am the lead follower, planter of One Direction Community Church here in Madison, Alabama. We are a network of house churches that meets in people's homes. And I wanted to share an amazing counter of what I believe is a miracle. And myself and others were blessed to witness. Some amazing things are happening at some of our One Direction community gatherings. Some things I used to be very skeptical of, now I have come to place of expecting it every week. The Holy Spirit is moving in our gatherings. Myself nor anyone else has done anything different in our prayer and worship gatherings to promote this or encourage these experiences. 
We have always followed the same format and truth be known, I've always been skeptical of them when I have heard or seen stories of them. What we did though, do though is after this past Easter, we committed as a church to read through the Acts, one chapter at a, a day and fast together every Friday and then meet weekly to simply pray over the direction of our church and our city. We're about two weeks into reading through Acts and fasting, and there was about 20 of us gathering in my home one evening at one of our weekly house church gatherings. We were praying, singing worship songs, and looking into the Word. A boy who was a family member of our house church his birthday was that day, and he turned 13 years old. So we laid hands on him, put him in a chair in the middle of us, and prayed over his coming into manhood and growing in the spirit. When we finished praying over him, I looked down, and a five-year-old boy named Scott was pulling on my pant leg. He had been in the other room watching the Good Good Dinosaur movie on TV with other kids from family members of our house church. And for some reason, he left that room and wandered into the room that our adults were in. I looked down at him and he asked me if we could pray over him to receive the Holy Spirit like we did for the other boy. I said, sure. And we put him up on the chair and we prayed over him. And when we were finished, he left the room and went back down the hall into the other room with the other children. That evening, we happened to be looking at Joel 2, and it was a rainy night, and we were reading through this chapter together. When we we're reading verse 30, which says, I will produce potence both in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke, a huge lightning struck hit near our house, and there was a loud thunder. And all of us in the room looked around each other and thought that was kind of cool that the lightning struck right when we were reading that. About 30 minutes later, Scott came back into our family room carrying with two hands this large form he had made out of Legos. He interrupted us and just walked in the middle of us, brought it in and sat on the coffee table in front of myself and the other people who were in the room. I asked Scott what he had and he said, Jesus said to make it and bring it and show it to me. When I examined it, it looked like a staircase that was brown at the bottom and I brought brown Legos at the bottom and it was purple, made out of purple Legos at the top. At the top of the staircase was a landing and on it was a figure made of yellow Legos. Behind the landing, the yellow man was standing on was what looked like a wall made of red Legos that the landing was resting on. So I asked Scott what it was. He said Jesus showed this to him and helped him make it. Scott said the staircase leads from the earth to the throne room of God. He said that's why I use brown Legos at the bottom of it and purple ones at the top. And the yellow figure of the man is Jesus who is seated on the throne and reigns forever. He was glowing when I saw him, so that's why I made him in yellow. I asked him about the red wall. And Scott said, that's not a red wall, but a waterfall of the blood of Jesus that flows from his throne to cleanse, wash, and restore the people in the world. 
Scott Cowers, you said, Jesus wanted me to show this to you. And then he turned, left the Lego creation on the coffee table. And then he went back to the room with the other kids and began watching the Good Good Dinosaur again. Now, Scott has never made anything more than a square-looking block with Legos. He has not taken systematic theology class and knows little more than Jesus loves me. He has never said before words like rain, restored, blood of Jesus, nor has he said them again ever since. I baptized him and his parents and his sister this past Pentecost. They were not from a church background and had not attended a church gathering before in their lives besides a couple of weddings and funerals before they came to ODC. So when he came in with this art in, of Legos in his hands, I don't think any of us adults could have made. We are all very quiet. And those in the room who listen to, to Scott present his, his Lego art and then walk out they all looked at the Legos out on the table, and then all their eyes looked at me to give them the theological explanation. <laughs> that was the first of such events, what I can only call God-Jesus encounter experiences that have been happening pretty regularly now at our gatherings. So though I do not truly understand them, nor am I trying in any way to encourage them, I also do not want to discourage the moving or outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I am trying to lead my church through this season in a theological orthodox path that is stepping way outside what I have ever experienced. Amen. The prayer. Father, thank you for this beautiful, powerful story. We will treasure this and ponder it in our hearts. Speak, Lord. Your sons and your daughters are listening. We pray for the little boy, the five-year-old Scott. Would you protect and preserve his life and lead him into all you have for him, and perhaps for many others through them? We thank you for Gary and Nancy and their One Direction community, and we pray blessings over their fellowship and movement today. It doesn't sound like many of our churches, and yet we long for this kind of community where we live. We pray for an increase of territory for your kingdom in their midst as you establish the work of their hands. May their tribe increase. Thank you for this witness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, how did today's Holy Spirit story encourage you? Did you pick up the subtle note of prayer and fasting in the story? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing our Saturday song, Sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Let's sing it again. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, 
pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Amen. I don't know of any song that says it so profoundly and succinctly as that one. That's what we're going for. That's what prayer and fasting are about. I think I said the other day, fasting is like cleansing the temple, that it might become a house of prayer. And uh, boy, do you ever see that in action through this One Direction community. It's interesting, you know, Gary sent that back in the midst of our Acts series. And of course, in that Acts series, that's where I really was inspired to to lead this mini-series on prayer and fasting. You remember, we talked about the whole concept of the the church that Jesus is building in Acts. The front story of course, is what you read in the unfolding events of the Acts of the Apostles. The backstory, you occasionally get taken backstage and you see these witnessing words about prayer and fasting. And you remember the overstory is Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, away from the ends of the earth. Holy Spirit-empowered community. That's the overstory. And then the understory is this notion of hardship and struggle and perseverance, right? It is through many difficulties and hardships that we enter the kingdom of God. That's the understory. And we're all living at the intersection of those four stories right now. The over, the under, the back, and the front. But it was in those days that I was inspired. I'm like, gosh, we need to talk more about the backstory and prayer and fasting. And that's that's why we're doing what we're doing. And it's really fascinating that I came across that story Gary sent back in November. And I just knew it was for for today. Anyway, next week I'm going to tell you more another one of my stories that you'll find a fascinating connection again to Gary Lederbach. He and Nancy are just amazing. So thanks, Gary and Nancy, for sharing this story with the Wake Up Call community. Well, it's Saturday, and we, uh, you know, this is really our backstory every morning. We're meeting together in secret. We're praying, we're fasting at times, we're singing, we're prophesying, we're sowing, friends. That's the the backstory. We're sowing in the secret rooms. The, we're going to go out in the midst of the day and live the front story. And we don't know what's going to happen, but we know Jesus is is always speaking. He's always leading. And we want to be attuned We want to see what he sees and say what he says and do what he does in the moment. You know, I always say it's not not what would Jesus do. It's what is Jesus doing 
That's what it means to be his witness, to join what he's doing today. So in that spirit, let's, uh, let's send each other out, seeds in hand. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.